When's the last time you bought a new car? Did you enjoy the experience? Probably not. 87% of people don't. Well, Silicon Valley startup Car Jojo is aiming to make it better, and we're going to talk to their VP of experience about how. This is Design Driven, a podcast about using design thinking to build great products and lasting companies. Whether you're running a startup or trying something new inside a Fortune 1000, the tools, methods, and insights we talk about will help you create things people love. And now, your host, Jay Cornelius. Hey, Scott. Welcome to Design Driven. We're happy you're on the show today. How are things where you are out in uh, sunny Silicon Valley? Well, they're a little cloudy right now, but uh, you know it's 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 a pleasure to be talking with you. And I hope hope Atlanta is uh, warmer than it is here right now. It's actually pretty cold here. We were in the 30s last night, believe it or not. Okay, so you you guys win. <laughs> <laughs> well, not exactly the contest I'd like to win, but uh, you know I'm sure we'll improve here shortly. So um, for those of you who uh, aren't familiar with Scott and his work, he is the VP of Marketing at Car Jojo, a cool car company or car purchasing company out in uh, out in the valley. Uh, Scott, tell us a little bit more about what Car Jojo does and, and who they do it for. So CarJojo is essentially kayak.com for new cars. Um, so we, we, we pull in about 3.9 million new car uh, uh, inventory every night, analyze that in real time, and understand what is the lowest possible price that we think a dealer will, will accept um, for any particular car that you're looking at. Is that all every car in the country? Uh, 99.8% of all new cars currently on lots in, uh, in America we have, uh, in our inventory. Wow. That's pretty impressive. So, um, we've seen some other car related or car purchasing related startups happening. Um, Carvana comes to mind. You know, so how is car Jojo different? Uh, well, in a couple of different ways. So first, most of those, well, all of those, all of the companies like Carvana or Edmonds or True Car or even Kelly, um, all work with the dealer. So they all plug into the back end of the dealer uh, data system. So they end up having only certain partnerships with certain dealers, um, meaning that their inventory level for new cars usually are hover between 15 and 20% of the uh, national inventory. Um, and the prices that they that they are offering are lockstep and key with the dealer. So in fact, uh, many of our competitors offer prices that are above what even the own dealer's own internet prices are. Um, CarJojo does it a completely different way. We don't work with the dealers. We work for the car buyers, meaning that when you come to CarJojo, you're getting unbiased information um, about the marketplace and about the true uh, our, our true value of what we think the car will sell um, at any particular time. Oh, that's pretty interesting. So um, what what has been the challenge for you in helping to communicate that to, to the end user? And like, what's their experience like? And um, just kind of what's, what's your process of thinking through that? And uh, can you talk a little bit about um, you know, just how you understand the user's needs and make sure that you're meeting them? Right. Well, the, the, first, the first and foremost piece of data that we saw was that 87% of people uh, hate the car buying experience. They love cars. That number they, seems low, only 87. <laughs> they, they, I, I think I saw some data that said 
um, that people trust car salesmen less than they they trust lawyers and bond bond salesmen and loan officers. Um, <laughs> so it's a you know it's an industry and it's it it's well deserved. Um, most of the marketing practices are terrible. Um, the experiences and are, are that 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 we hear from we hear from dealers um, can be quite troubling at times. Um, and uh, you also have this uh, you have this this thing where you only see in the car market where you aren't really sure what the real price should be. Um, you have MSRPs, you have invoice pricing, you have uh, what the dealer says they can sell it for. And then when you come in, they say, oh, we have this deal. Um, then on top of that, you have all these rebates that are coming from the manufacturer or from the dealer. And how does that all play together? Um, so it's a really confusing environment for the, for the, cons the, uh, the consumer. And it's one of the reasons that it is so loathed. Um, so we're, we're entering a we're entering a a, a, a behavioral environment where, um, at the very least, we know people don't like the current process. Um, so now it's a matter of us to look at that current process. Say, how do we improve upon that substantially? How do we create user flow paths and um, a real business model that that fits into a way that people can one understand and two feel good about, to understand, to, 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 to um, uh, feel confident in their purchase decision and feel confident in the price that they, they, they paid for the car. Yeah, that confidence is important. I know it's um, one of the things that, that we look at in our work is helping people on the product design side understand the mental model and the kind of the position that um, the consumer or the user has when they're entering a process and how they look at the process and kind of have some empathy around that. So could you, like, what kind of tools are you guys using to figure out what people want and how they're feeling at different points of the process? And then how are you adapting the things that you're building to compensate for that or to address it? Right. So, uh, we have a number of tools, both, uh, both on the product side and on the marketing side. On the marketing side, We've we've launched a number of focus groups where we've sat down with with real customers, people in market, um, and showed them not only our product but competitors' products, and asked them what were the first takeaways, what were what were what was the message they got across, what was the feeling they got across from going to these sites, um, and sort of work that into that 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 thought processing into our product and our messaging strategy. On the product side, we from from the moment you see an ad all the way through conversion. We are, we are testing multiple types of messaging, trying to craft one-to-one -one messaging as much as we can throughout the flow, um, and, and always A-B testing it. So when someone comes and hits a, uh, sees a, sees a ad from, uh, on AdWords based upon they're looking for a certain car, our landing page has multiple different variants uh, on it that they see next that says, you know, go see this Honda CRV. Um, and we break out those headlines, those calls to actions, those those incentives for, for continuing, um, one, both to get people to kind of march down the funnel, but two, also try to educate them in, in, in kind of bread, in little breadcrumbs. Um, it's a car Jojo because we are a, a new company and a new way of perceiving, uh, the car buying process. Um, we have to, uh, we have to educate the customer while also not diverting them from where we want the end goal to be. Right. Uh, right. So we are, uh, uh, so it's, it's a, it's a continual learning process for us and measuring where we, where we, where we do good and 
you know, where, where people tend to be falling off. Um, and, and taking that, that into account and, and, and uh, by looking at our tools, we have a pretty robust Google Tag Manager set up so we can see pretty much any, any behavioral action on the front end and correlate back to where they came from originally on the ad side. Um, to understand, you know, what is this user behavior and, and how do we optimize ourselves to get better every day? Yeah, that's interesting. So by looking at behavior on the site, that's helping drive design and, and experience decisions? Exactly, exactly. Um, in fact, we, um, on, the, on our back-end database, we, we track people um, uh, not just in, in single sessions, but their entire lifetime across multiple devices. Um, so we see throughout that, that customer buying experience, how many times are coming back to the site? Um, what causes them to come back to the site? What kinds of content are they viewing when they come back to the site? And on average, our active engaged users uh, during during their car buying experience are spending 47 minutes on average on our site across multiple sessions. Um, and we've seen we've seen huge, huge increases as we've tried it as we've tailored this messaging more and more uh, down to uh, down to the to the buyer level. Um, in fact, a couple months ago, we had we had one individual who who broke the record and spent 90 hours on the site in just over six weeks. Wow. <laughs> That's a uh, that's a lot of site time. He so, took, so when you say he, become, he did become a paying customer though, so it paid off. <laughs> yeah, it paid off. Well, so so you know he didn't just forget the browser tab and leave it open. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Uh, so um, when you say tailoring it down to the customer, like how detailed are you going to to each individual customer has their own kind of tailored experience? So that's that's our end goal, um, and and we're working our way towards that. You know, as a startup, you can't go and 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 deliver one to one very easily right off the bat. Um, but knowing where we want to go is helping us craft how to get there. Um, so we know that a buyer in Texas looking for a Ford F one fifty is a much different type of person than a uh, person looking to buy a Prius in San Francisco. So how do we tailor our brand, our experience, our messaging? Um, to each of those types of personas, and how do we do it in an authentic way? We're not just spamming people to to, to get an end sale, but to actually help them through the process, not both on our technology platform and in just their their overall buyer's journey. Um, so uh, whether that's saying, "Hey, we saw you look, you're looking at Ford F one fifties." Just so you know, Chevy Silverados are having a really killer rebate right now. Um, if you'd like to be, if you're interested in that, you should, if you're interested in, in open, open to, to checking out different types of trucks, that might be a good way to save a few thousand dollars. Um, right. so we're, we're, we're trying to, we're, we're building in those experiences, both on our platform. Um, we're implementing an install, install of Marketo here in a couple of weeks. That's going to help us, uh, help us engage, gauge that traffic, both, um, across social and mobile and, uh, of course, email automation, um, so we're bringing in a lot of extra tool sets to deliver that one-to-one marketing messaging and that 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 unique uh, customer flow that's 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 never the same across any any one particular person. Yeah, that's super interesting. So I'm, I'm glad you mentioned personas because that's a really powerful tool in helping people understand across both you know design, marketing, development, like who you're building something for. Um, so can you talk a little bit about uh, what your process is and getting those different disciplines within Car Jojo to line up and everybody kind of pointed towards the same goal? Right. So uh, 
so at CarJojo, the front end of the of the design product experience and the marketing team are one the same. So it helps us uh, really craft a strategy end to end across the entire customer experience um, that is tailored towards um, making sure that this person has uh, an unbelievable experience with the product and the brand. Um, and uh, uh, when we're kind of thinking through the personas and, and, and building those out, we started, first we started with big, big buckets. So we said, okay, there's, there's uh, when, when is it that you're buying a car in your life? There is, well, your first car, maybe when you're 16, um, that's moving later, of course, now with, with millennials uh, uh, choosing Uber over, over driver's licenses. But um, uh, taking, okay, so you have, your, you have your first car, then you might have your college car, then you have the first car you buy uh, once, with, once you're in your first job. Um, you have the car you get when you get married. You have the car when you have kids. All these are different life um, uh, life moments, and they really tailor back to, to uh, when you're buying a car and what type of car you're buying. You know, you might, when you're, when you're 22 and, and uh, you know, you're, you're single, you might be buying a smaller car, more fuel-efficient car, a convertible. Um, uh, if you're, you know, if you're working in, uh, if you're working uh, in, in areas that require, you know, moving lots of, of, of materials, it might be a big truck. Um, but we can start to tailor down those personas and, and block them off into first in big chunks and then say, okay, now we have, um, uh, we have an idea of, okay, people are going to buy a, tend to buy a big car, uh, when they have their first kids. Um, what is it that makes that person buy either a minivan or an SUV? What is, is it, is it, yeah. is it, is it gender? Is it, is it? Um, is it, is it relative age? Is it income? So we start to break out what, what is, what, what factors of that persona, um, cause them to, to lean one way or another. Um, and the more fine tuned we can get the better messaging and better product experience we can have, uh, overall to that customer. Cause we're providing, um, uh, the most value possible, um, tailored towards what, you know, our data says they're probably looking for. Yeah, and so that gets into um, another thing that we use a lot is psychographics, not just demographics and behavioral data, but the psychographics of of decision-making and how this person's um, situation in life and their all of those other data points uh, fuel the way that they make decisions around you know, buying a car or where to go for dinner or those types of things. Right. Yeah, so it's interesting to see that you're using that um, in a way to assist them actually finding the right vehicle at uh, at the right price. Exactly. So it's 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 I think you hit the nail on the head. So it's not just about getting the best price, and it, it, it's really about finding what is the perfect vehicle with the with all the options that that you need and that you're looking for in your type of lifestyle um, that's going to fit you best. And you know, when you're, we're looking at our competitors and our competitive landscape. Um, the fact that they, that you have to bounce between four or five different big websites and then go also to the dealer websites to even start to begin to cover the, the inventory that's, that's available to you and, 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 and seeing the cars that you could potentially get into, um, is, is, was an immense problem. And that's why just pulling that information into one location, um, and, and allowing people to search across every, nearly every new car, um, is, is, uh, is addressing a, a, a big pain point. Yeah, that's pretty powerful. So, you know, with 
all the complexity of trying to customize the experience for each individual person, what is your process like for um, deciding what to change on the website and then actually getting it live and then measuring if that change did what you wanted it to? Right. Um, so it's so a great question. Um, we are actually in the process of moving from uh, we're, we're launching our, our second iteration of, the, of, of, our, of our product, a really big refresh um, here in just, uh, in just about 10 days. Um, so a lot of it was collecting the insights from the original product and saying, what are, what are some, what's, what's the user feedback we're getting? Where, where are the people getting stuck? Um, what are they getting confused about? Um, and we started to implement that, um, those, those thoughts and ideas and feedback into the new version of the product. Um, and, uh, throughout kind of throughout everything we do, we're always collecting data on, um, on uh, the behavioral aspects of where people are getting 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 trapped, um, and again, it was uh, uh, utilizing things like Google Tag Manager and and uh, our backend systems allow us to see that. Um, and when we decide, hey, let's try different button copy or let's try different headlines here, um, uh, let's try changing the way people check out. Um, at some point, we had, we had tested going from uh, checking out with three cars to checking out with one car. And we found a really interesting, uh, interesting uh, result on, on there. And we said, oh, uh, that actually um, made it so the shopping experience was less robust. So you, you find these surprising things by kind of just A-B testing the, the, uh, the small things and the big things and, and working with the, the, the technology team to, to find the best way to implement those tests and, and pull those levers so we can measure it in real time. Right. So it sounds like you're able to take an idea from kind of the discussion at the conference table to actually being live and tested on the website within a pretty short period of time. Uh, yeah. So, uh, you know, and that's that, that's all that's all working just closely with our CTO and the technology team. Um, you know, it's it's in any in any sort of technology enterprise startup or, or big. Um, uh, it's all about having great ideas, but then also having a team that can, that can cement them and execute them and, and, right. and provide the feedback, um, that, you know, the, 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 the non-programmers of us out there can, can, uh, 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 uh need to receive. Um, yeah, so exactly. it's, it's, a it's, it's a partnership towards a better end goal. It's a partnership towards success. Um, and, uh, and that's, that really just involves, how do you create a great team and how do you work together um, uh, to, to achieve the end result? Yeah, uh, I agree completely. Um, so in, in that process, are you doing any prototyping? Um, are you doing like paper prototypes or are you using a prototyping or wireframing tool or like, like so, where do those decisions get made? So uh, uh, we, we have a couple different ways that we, that we do prototypes. So we have, we have uh, uh, high def prototypes. We'll go in a, Adobe Photoshop or Adobe Illustrator make really fine tooth uh, copies, and we'll take those. We'll take those whether they're in uh, iPads uploaded to Revision App, where you do click throughs, or just you know they're just one page, and we're trying to get feedback. Of what where are people's eyes going? What's the first thing they take away? Um, and we're taking those two focus groups, um, whether those be formal focus groups that we that we use firms for to gather people for us. Or sometimes it's just, hey, let's go down to Starbucks and, and meet with some people and and see what they think and give them a give them a five dollars nice. Starbucks gift card uh, and get some get some get out of our heads for a little bit. Yeah. Uh, you know, sometimes you just need you know it's it's always good to have the formal things, but 
formal focus groups take a long time to set up and you know they can they can they can impede the quickness that you want to develop and so sometimes you just got to take it in your own hands and say it may may not be exactly scientific you know this focus group that I'm doing at the Starbucks down the street um, but it's better than it's better than marching um, it's better than marching ahead without getting uh, without consulting potential customers and consulting uh, people outside of the your, your business walls. Yeah, well, I'm I'm glad to hear that you you know go to the coffee shop and, and test things with real people because that's something that a lot of of development teams and product teams just completely fail to do. They they just don't get out of their own office. Um, you know, the the old adage of get out of the building, right? That's the way to to figure out if what you're building is going to be on track or not. So I'm glad to hear that you're doing that. Right, right. Yeah, you know, coffee shops are a great way to do it. Uh, you know, bars not so much because you end up just staying around the rest of the day. <laughs> <laughs> well, and and the uh, feedback you get is obviously skewed. <laughs> it better be really easy, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um actually there was a a guy some time ago um that was I think he called it uh drunk testing dot com or something you paid him like 20 bucks and he would get drunk and test your website and tell you if he could use it drunk that uh that, that sounds like a, a business model i could be a part of <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's uh, uh I, I could see some use cases for it but oh yeah um, oh yeah <laughs> so when you're going through those prototypes um what kind of decisions do you try to make at different levels of fidelity like, are you trying to make certain like usability decisions at uh, low fidelity, or like what what right. is that process, and what, what's kind of your your approach or your methodology there? So, with with this product in particular, um, what I what I found is it's it's better to have a a little bit higher fidelity in your in your in in your in your prototypes. You can do blocks, and you can do you know just gray boxes, but I don't think I don't think the um, uh, I don't think the average you mean for customer, internal or for testing with customers, uh, for, for testing with customers. Um, it's, it's better to have a little bit of more high def for the customer test on with this product in particular, uh, primarily because, um, you know, just having, just having boxes or, 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 or stand in or standing components, um, that say, you know, insert graph here. Um, it doesn't have the same resonance for impacting what their buying decision will be. Buying a car, like buying a house is a very, um, it's one of those few few buying decisions that happens to to, to uh, uh, where people are looking for a lot of data uh, on the consumer side. They're you know they they want to see what the other prices are. They want to see that uh, they're making a good choice. So um, so what we try to do is make sure that um, uh, uh, we are providing that data and that it looks like credible data. Um, the the other obstacle that we we hit all the time in, in this industry is that. Uh, credibility of any automotive website um, is, especially one you've never heard of, is usually pretty terrible. And that's because most automotive websites, uh, you give them your email, they start spamming you, or they know they're they know the price that they're looking at isn't isn't the real price. The real price is only when you go into the dealer. Um, so it's uh, it's building that credibility and that that authenticity with, with customers, that's important. So it, 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 we really try to reflect that in the mock-ups that we, that we create and that they feel comfortable with what they're looking at. And so that way we can also compare apples and apples with, uh, what's out there today, what's out there on, on the Kelly's and, and the Edmonds of the world. Yeah. Right. So have you, 
Uh, have you been tracking any of the uh, metrics around how quickly you can get an idea into the market and how that's impacted the growth of the business or um, how's that impacted maybe your efficiency or uh, just ultimately um, increase the bottom line of, of, of mm-hmm. running the shop? Yeah. So um, I would say on average, depending on the, the, the complexity of, of the, the test or the, or the, or the new feature, um, we're usually going from concept to deployment in under six weeks. Um, so we're never, we're, that's pretty quick. Yeah. We're, we're, we, we, we run pretty quick. The, the only, the only outlier to that is this, this complete product refresh, uh, where we're, we're, we're really taking a lot of different feedback in, in it from me. But other than that, it's been, it's been really quick, um, really quick development schedules. Um, and again, our CTO does a great job of just, of, of, uh, one helping us concept it and two deploying it really quickly. Um, so, uh, uh, that getting those quick learnings is imperative to being able to be a great startup. Um, it's the ability to grow fast, learn fast and fail fast. The last thing you want to do is invest three months and then fail. <laughs> right. So, um, or fail really hard. So we try to, as much as we can, we try to bite off small chunks as we go See what see what's working, see what's not working, and then um, and then continually improve. And on the result side, we've had we've seen phenomenal results. Um, our cost per per a uh, converted uh, customer is down something like seventy percent in the past six months yeah, uh, just nice. through doing this type of testing. Um, so it, you know, from uh, uh, making sure our messaging is right, making sure the flow patterns are right, making sure that uh, that. How people are using the product aligns with um, uh, aligns with the end result we're trying to get them to do. Um, so, uh, in a lot of that, again, we've taken a lot of that feedback, and there were some things that we just didn't make sense to try to change without changing uh, two or three other things. And that's why the, these bigger refreshes have to happen. Um, but we did so in a way that you know we were really tackling a lot of different parts of consumer feedback. Uh, all in one go. So kind of in conglomerate, it might actually be less than six weeks per, uh, you know, per, per, per a big feedback item um, that we, that we did in this major product refresh. Right. But when you add it all up, it obviously takes a little bit longer. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Cool. So um, what would you say is, is if you're talking to, you know, another product manager or VP of product somewhere, what would you say is your, um, your, most valuable advice? What would you tell a younger uh, person in your own shoes about um, how to, to use some of this methodology to, to grow their business? Well, I think the, I think the first thing that's, that's really um, carried us, not just in CarJojo, um, in, in terms of our, the success we've, 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 we've had over the past six months, but I think in, in my entire career, which is always think creatively and always think in a way that uh, if somebody's already doing it, uh, you can learn from it, but you'll, it's, it's unlikely you'll ever overtake them by repeating the same process. You right, have to do, they're, they're ahead of you already. They're already ahead of you. So it's not about just looking at what other people have done and, you know, planning yourself, uh, real success comes from taking a original idea and making it, uh, going through this process of, human-centric design, and then discovering that gold nugget, that diamond underneath all the things that, that, that you're working towards, um, that ends up 
creating results that are uh, a multiple of what you were doing before. Um, and you never know when it's going to happen. Um, you, you're never sure this is going to be the thing. This is going to be the paper cut that that drives us from you know a, a two shop, uh, a two person shop in a, in a garage to Google. Um, but enough of those in conglomerate uh, uh, of uh, kind of big wins that you uncover um, are how you get there. Right, um, they add up. Yeah. So uh, uh, you know, I, again, I think it's uh, I think it's about just being aggressive, being competent uh, in your competent in yourself, um, and and be willing to test things that aren't happening, and be you know somewhat going with your gut a little bit, and somewhat listening to to customers and finding what their pain points are. Yeah, it really comes back to just listening to customers and understanding their pain and and uh, getting a really good idea of how you can help alleviate that pain or how you can bring them a win and working right. as kind of advocates for the customer. Correct. Yep. Yeah, no, I agree 100%. So um, if someone wants to get in touch with you and learn a little bit more about CarJojo or just kind of pick your brain about stuff, like what's the best way to get in touch with you? Uh, great question. So, uh, anybody can reach out to me directly at scott.gram at carjojo.com. Um, I'm also at Twitter at scottgram9. Um, and I have a pretty large following on LinkedIn. So, uh, whatever your, uh, whatever your, your poison is, I'm, I'm probably there. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So Scott, um, thanks again for coming on the show today. I really appreciate your insights. Good to hear, um, what's going on out there in the Valley and, um, we'll have you on the show again in a little bit and hear how that V2 of the website works out for you. Looking forward to it. And thanks for, thanks for having me. That's it for today. Thanks for listening to Design Driven. We're glad you enjoy the show. Have comments, questions, or an idea that you'd like us to cover? Point your browser to designdriven.biz and click contact us on the top of your screen. We'd love to hear from you. Tell your friends and colleagues about the Design Driven Pod. Post on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, or send them an email. And tell them to go to designdriven.biz or wherever they find their podcasts. Until next time, remember what Thomas Watson, founder of IBM, said, Good design is good business.